Hi there, and welcome to Project. On this episode, we are going to dive into the topic of SEO, search engine optimization. This is an enigma for a lot of us. Um, it's even an enigma for me, right? So despite being in marketing for the last eight to 10 years, despite having worked at meta, um, big media agencies, SEO is a topic that is, it feels almost kind of like underground. Nobody really understands it. It feels just like a huge question mark. So I've brought in my friend, Kevin Arab, um, who I have worked with for the last two years um, on various projects. He lives in Germany, so he's calling in from Berlin, and he's here to delve into what SEO means and how you can use it for your small business. So let's get this party started. So today we have Kevin on the podcast with us. Kevin, you and I know each other since I feel like for two years, at least two years at this point, right? At least probably two and a half, three almost, I guess. Yeah. 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 And like, it took us at least a year and a half to actually meet each other face to face. Yeah. But I'm super happy that we did it because there's so many people I know from the freelance life who I never, ever met in person, which is kind of cool on the one side that you have the possibility to get to know them in a virtual way but also kind of sad that you never have the real interaction i think it does a lot i agree i totally agree so kevin and i were part of a collective based out of berlin of marketing freelancers so our friend yasmin brought all these wonderful people together and we all had different expertises and we would work with clients. So Kevin and I were often partnered together for clients because we had expertises that really, expertises, is that a word? We're gonna go with it. Um, <laughs> Cause we really complimented each other and we work well together. So Kevin, can you give us just a brief introduction of you and where you are and what you do and kind of how you got to where you are? Hey, yeah, sure. So yeah, as you said, uh, first of all, thanks for being on your pet podcast. Super honored about that. Um, I'm Kevin based in Berlin, which gets now super, super cold. So we are slowly getting into the winter season. Um, <laughs> currently, I'm working at a quite cool startup called TradeLink, uh, which is trying to revolutionize the logistics industry a little bit. Um, recently joined there as a demand generation manager. Before that, I was working for operational VC, and so basically supporting startups or also PE companies in the marketing setup. And before that, also working at Forto, which is a logistics unicorn by now. And my roots were basically always this whole performance marketing part, but also SEO. So I had my roots in SEO from the beginning because I think most of the marketing people actually had this feeling that they once created a website at some point and then noticed that actually no one is coming on the website. So you care so much about how your logo looks like, how the website looks like, but at one point you figure out that people are not randomly just searching for your domain and therefore you come up with the next point, which is like, how do I actually get traffic to the website? Most of the people don't have any money to spend on paid ads. And that's how I got into this whole marketing topic basically. And yeah, as you mentioned, I'm also freelancing since about, I think, five years. So also helping individuals, startups with SEO and performance marketing. Yeah. Yeah. That's that pretty good. much it. That's pretty much it. What are you talking about? I feel like you have had hands in so many different companies and, and just 
it's very it's varied your experiences, which is awesome and makes it super relevant to help a lot of the people that you know I work with. And I send a lot of people to you to help with SEO. Um, but we're gonna really drill down into basics for this particular chat, and maybe we can have a, a more advanced SEO chat later. But I work with a lot of small businesses, entrepreneurs, et cetera, who hear the letters SEO but have no idea what it means. So can you explain to us what is SEO? Yeah, sure. So to make it super simple, basically SEO stands for search engine optimization. And um, so you basically optimize your website in that case for the search engine. The search engine is in most of the cases um, Google. I don't think there are many people using currently Bing. Um, so you basically just optimize your website to get better read by Google, to better understand what your website is about, so that Google is displaying your website in the SERPs, uh, so the search engine result pages, and um, pretty high, meaning if someone is searching for a specific query, like, I don't know, hotels in California, and your goal is to be ranked up quite high in the search engine, basically. So you try to optimize for that specific search term. So if you look up yourself a search query in Google, for example, you will see that there are many results which have this tag of, I think in the States it's like ad or sponsored, not super sure, um, but you have like this tag next to it, meaning they pay for the um, ad basically, and below that you have the organic results. So basically you get organically visitors to your website, which is obviously increasing the trust because people see it's not just something paid, but also it's something which works quite passively because you get over time more and more traffic and you don't have to pay each time someone clicks on the ad. Yeah, which is what you want. And and I believe I'm very much a foundational marketer. So like when I say that, what I mean is, and what I tell people to do is one, you have to make sure your website is shit hot, right? And the user experience is there, but the next layer is SEO, right? And after that comes organic and then paid ads. Like I don't even tell people to do paid ads until they've looked at SEO because I just think it's that important. Would you agree? I think it depends a lot on the business itself, actually. So the thing is, they're quite like most of the calls I have actually with uh, people who would like to know more about SEO, I come to the conclusion that either way, it doesn't make sense currently because it would just be way too intense in terms of budget or you should do something else which just increases your traffic or also your profit at the end way faster. Therefore, it depends heavily how the setup is. I think that many, many people who have, for example, a website since ages, which is quite okay optimized, they have like a strong fundament where they can build on it. It's super easy with a few quick fixes to basically generate more traffic with that. But if you're starting out completely new, you just launched yesterday to your website, I think there are a few things you can take a look at, but it doesn't probably make sense to go fall in, full into SEO because it just takes a lot of time until you build something up, until you see the results and can be quite demotivating, especially at the beginning when you expect to have fast results. Yeah. Yeah, and that expectation management is always crucial. So let's talk about then what does SEO actually incorporate? Like, what is it made of? A good question. I think it's, to keep it like super simple, you can basically split it up on things happening on your website and things happening outside of your website. So when we look at the website, you mentioned already many important things like the user experience, like how is the site built? Is it fast? Is it, does it make sense how it's structured and so on? Like all those kind of things 
lead to a good optimization. So usually you say something is relevant, like the technical setup. That might be like the speed, how fast you can enter the website, um, on what kind of CMS is it built, how small are the pictures, for example, or are you loading every time like 10 megabytes of pictures, which is at least in Germany a huge pain with the mobile data we have because it's quite slow. Um, <laughs> but all those points lead basically to a good technical setup. Then there are additional things, which for example are like, how is your content structured? What kind of content do you have on the page? Where is it laying on the page? And um, all those things bring kind of relevancy to the page. And on the other side, you have all the things which are happening outside of the website, which might sound a little bit weird in the beginning, um, but there's a thing called backlinks. So it's basically a link which is leading from a third party website to your page. I always compare it to like, it's kind of like a, a, a referral from someone else. Like a, it shows Google that you have some kind of authority. For example, if, as you mentioned before, um, you shared some clients from you with me or gave me referrals, obviously I have a way higher trust on them because they came through you. So your word was in for me. Um, and the same is basically with the website. So if you have a backlink on another website, which has already a quite high authority to your website, it means that it also has a higher authority in uh, for Google and it will rank you higher than the competition because it sees that's like a, a relevant website, especially for this specific topic. Yeah. So of all of those things, Kevin, what is the order that Google ranks them in? Like what is the most highest prio priority to like, they don't really look at that as much. Good question. I think if it would be easy to answer, there would probably be a lot of people who could make easily a lot of money, but uh, maybe to frame it different, like what are the easiest things you can do, especially if you might not have that much knowledge uh, with your website, which have the biggest impact. I think the biggest impact definitely has everything technical, meaning that the site should load fast, like in 2023, soon 2024, geez. Um, the page should just load fast, especially on mobile devices, it should be responsive. I think that is like the basic, basic fundament. Um, also in terms of user experience. Um, the next thing is probably that you made like a rough keyword research. So you know what kind of keywords are relevant for your business, for your industry. And that can be done. I think we go over to the tools later on, but there are even free tools where you can make this basic keyword research. So you also know what kind of pages do I need? Do I need, for example, like sub pages for every, um, for every local city I'm there? For example, like I have a sub page for San Francisco, for California and so on. Does that make sense for me? If so, definitely yes, because you need to have the content up there. And the third thing which has quite some impact are the titles and descriptions. They're called meta titles and descriptions. So that's basically what you see when you Google something on the Google page, you have always like this blue title and you have the description below that. And that's something you can already predefine, um, which has quite some impact. So best practice here is for example, that in the title you always put in uh, the main keyword you would like to rank for. So as mentioned before, for example, hotels in California, um, try to individualize it a little bit. So for example, you use a USP like, hey, it's a really cheap one or best views or I don't know, great location. And in the description, you don't have to necessarily use um, the keyword itself, but you can use things which will uh, increase your CTR. So the click-through rate, 
So people who see that rather click on this one. So you could use additional things like, hey, we have a 30 days uh, money gar guarantee money back then, sorry, uh, 30 day money back guarantee. Um, and that should have also quite some impact because people directly see what the page stands for, what it means. And you, Google is not picking something randomly from your content on the website. Yeah. Okay. So the three things to summarize are user experience on the website, which includes site speeds, keyword research, and content setup. And then meta titles and descriptions are kind of the three buckets of SEO. I think those are the three buckets of SEO when you're like basic. starting out. When you're, yeah, 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 on the very that's, basic, yeah. And that's what we need. We need the 100% the basic <laughs> SEO because it's a huge topic, Kevin, and it gets really confusing really quickly. Definitely. You know, um, so like, okay, let's go bucket by bucket. When we talk about user experience and site setup, what kind of tools or analysis like how do we know if it's set up appropriately how do we know that like like i know yes like shopify will say what your site speed is but how do you know if you're like on wordpress or squarespace that like the way that you've set up your website is optimized for search engines is there like is there like an article is there like a general format does that exist I think overall it's by now rather difficult, but what helps always is, and um, depending on what you would like to improve, there are always tools which can help you to do that. So for example, you mentioned now the um, topic uh, page speak. One tool I really like to use, there's usually called um, GT metrics, which helps you to analyze basically the page speed. So there you see, how's the website loading? Like what kind of assets are loading? How long does it take? How long does it take from different kinds of locations? And you get like a really good first preview on how your website performance is. So if you're insecure about it, what you could do is for example, taking your three, four, five other competitors, also enter them and basically check how their websites are performing. So you get kind of like a benchmark what's good or what's bad for you. And what those tools help you is basically they don't hint you directly to what's the issue, but they show you, for example, like, hey, there's one asset which is loading super long, and it might be the picture which is in the middle of the website. So you have to exclude that, hey, I need to decrease, decrease the size of this image. And for that, you have, for example, tools like a tiny PNG that I love to use. And, and with those small fixes, you can basically improve pretty fast and the performance of the website. When we go over to other things, as you mentioned before, with the Google on-page thing, so which kind of pages do I need and so on. And a great tool I like to use there is Ahrefs. It's quite expensive, but you can use it for keyword research. A free alternative though would be something like Uber suggests. So it's basically a keyword research tool. So it shows you how many search or how many people are looking for a certain keyword per month. So you can enter again hotel in California and see you have each month about, I don't know, 10,000 people looking up that search term, probably way more. Um, mm -hmm. And for that, you you can make basically an analysis and see like which keywords are really the ones I need to focus on on my websites, which are the relevant ones and how do I cover them? And do I put all of them into one page or do I create a second one? Because the intention is just a different one. I think something which helps a lot is basically always thinking about a person who's looking up a search query 
And what do they have in mind? They don't know anything about you. They don't know. They only know this one specific thing they want to look up. And so if I want to look up for a hotel in America, I'm not looking for a hotel in California right now. I want to know like which kind of hotels are there in general. Um, and I think that's something like this outside perspective you got to take, which helps a lot to improve those kind of things. Also yeah. to go more in depth. And there's one quite cool Chrome plugin called uh, SEO minus extensions, um, which we can maybe link. It helps a lot to see the meta title and also the meta description, which we mentioned before, which is standardly in your site incorporated. And so you can also make your analysis and see what's the status quo and if you have to improve that. That's awesome. I think, yeah, we're going to link everything that Kevin is mentioning in the show description so that you, you have it because it looks like it sounds like there's a lot of really awesome tools that that people could use. Um, but what I want to kind of come back to is thinking about intention. And this, it really harks back to something that if any of my students are listening, you know that I talk about all the time, which is understanding your target audience is so key, right? And understanding and really putting yourself in their shoes as to like how you want your first interaction with this person to be and how you want to guide them through the process. So I thought that was really crucial, Kevin, that you mentioned not only thinking about keyword research, but also then thinking about what the intention behind their search is and delivering that. Um, because I do believe, at least from what I've heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, Google is starting to think about that as well, right? What is the authority and authenticity of what someone is saying versus just the wild, wild west of keywords and people are just throwing a bunch of keywords out there to you know, rank higher in SEO? 100%, 100% agree with what you're saying. I think that's a really big part because often what we don't see is basically that the intention behind the search query is very different than what we actually think. So if even if you enter something into uh, Google, what you want as a result might be something super different what you think. And I think that's the problem many people have who are like right now in their business because they think all day long about the same topic. They're super caught up into their daily stress. And they completely forget basically what an outside person would think or look up first. And I think it's super crucial to maybe even talk with people who are not at all in the industry, like, hey, what would they think of first? And I think also many people try to see it in from the wrong angle. Like if I look for, usually people just look for the uh, solution if they Google something. So I don't want to know in the first point who you are. I don't want to know what you are. I first want to know like, how can you solve my issue? And after that, I would like to know who are you and why should I trust you? And I think to ask yourself those key questions also helps a lot when you create, for example, certain landing pages. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to quickly come back to keywords. Because, you know, if you do your keyword research and you get kind of, I know that there are a bunch of columns that you get when you get keyword research. One's going to mm -hmm. be relevancy. One's going to be also how competitive something is, right? So it's going to basically say like how much, how many other people are going to be using this keyword. So what is the, basically the probability that that keyword is going to get you ranked higher because of how many other people are using it. So then what is your suggestion on looking at a bunch of keywords and saying like, yes, hotels in California is relevant for me, but it's so competitive that there's no way that I'm going to show up. So I should choose hotels in Sacramento, California instead. How do you, how would you suggest people kind of cipher through that? 
Yeah, I think especially when you're right at the beginning of your website, you basically don't have this authority built up at Google yet. So therefore you have basically almost no chance to compete with those really competitive keywords you mentioned. And what I see what helps a lot is basically to pick exactly what you mentioned, those long tail keywords. So in the SEO talk, we talk about those short tail keywords, which would be something like hotel in California. And the long tail ones would be like a cheap hotel in California with a pool. Um, where you have like those really long ones that would probably still be quite competitive. But what I saw what helps quite many businesses is going actually with this local factor because you can basically exclude everyone who's getting too broad. Hotels might be a bad um, example in that case because it's local itself. But for example, what we have in Germany quite often are uh, tax consultants. And it's pretty much, as far as I know, it doesn't matter where they're located in which city. And um, however, many people search for someone in their city, but they don't care if the person is actually from the city. That's why it makes sense to optimize, for example, your different um, landing pages for queries, looking up specific cities or even districts. Like here in Berlin, you could look for a tax consultant who is, for example, uh, located in Kreuzberg, and you could create an extra landing page for that. And by that, you probably already eliminated like 70% of the competition at least. Mm. And you have the chance to even rank without a good SEO setup. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the answer there is use longer keywords or like phrases, if you will. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, let's go on to the third one that you talked about. And that was meta titles and descriptions. And honestly, this is kind of where I get into my what the fuck because like to me this goes into coding and back ends of website and my brain turns off so, so like how is it different is editing the meta titles and meta descriptions different by website platform like is it different on shopify than it is on wordpress that it is on squarespace that it is on wix or is it generally the same it like the way you get to the field to enter it is pretty much different depending on the CMS, unfortunately, but usually you can figure it out with a, a Google search. There's probably also doing some good SEO to figure out how you can enter those SEO titles and descriptions. Yeah. Um, but it's usually fairly simple. I think there are just a few systems where it's quite hidden, but for example, on WordPress, you have a specific plugins like Yoast SEO, which helps you also rank math, where you have like a specific field where you can enter the title. It even gives you a further explanation like, hey, your title is too long. So for example, it would get cut off on a mobile phone, which is also a relevant factor. Or your meta descriptions, just too short, you have the only six words, but you could use like, I don't know, 100. Um, so that's also super relevant. And Usually it's something quite easy to do and quite hidden, but I think many people actually don't do it because they don't see it on the website itself um, and they never really focus on it, but it has quite some impact, especially if you neglected this in the past. Yeah, okay. That's that's where I always come to you though. That's when I'm like, nope, it's too much. I'm going to Kevin. And that leads me to my next point, Kevin. Like a lot of the people who might be listening to this are one person teams, right? Or working with very small teams. And is there a point in outsourcing SEO, at least from like the first setup, like say they've literally just started their business, they've built the website, but they want to make sure that SEO is set up appropriately. Um, is it is it worth outsourcing or is it worth spending the time yourself to understand it? What would you suggest? 
I mean, there are two sides to it. The thing is like the SEO industry, and as we talked about it, it's not the most transparent thing, right? It's it's quite complex. There are many KPIs no one ever heard about, like backlinks, like a domain authority. So it's quite complex, which unfortunately also leads to it that you have a lot of black sheep basically in this industry, mm-hmm. which means you get quite easily, I don't want to say the word scam, but basically you get sold products which you don't need. So for example, a big SEO package, which can be super expensive. And I mean, they're definitely worth it, but it might just not justify like need you have for your own business. And therefore I would definitely recommend to at least get the basics done yourself, meaning at least understanding what's going on. So that if you talk someone from an outside perspective, that you can talk with them and they do not sell something you don't understand. Because I think that's also a big problem if they want to show you later on the results, because as we talked before about it, it can take, especially if you have a new website, you can calculate with like a year by now to see like actual results. I think if you're on the market for some more time, it can already work after three, four, five, six months. Um, But I think it's always important to understand at least what's going on if I talk to someone and to really talk to a trusted source, basically, who also gives like an honest opinion. As I said before, I had, I think in this year, at least like 20 calls with people where I said, like, I would love to sell you something, but like, it doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry, like, you you would not benefit from it. It's super stupid Um, because you either way, there's no need in search queries like for your seo like you cannot rank for that there's just no one looking up this specific topic you're covering you would be way better off with ads or personal branding or it's just way too expensive like the competition is so good you're in in your industry that it does not make any sense like you would have to pay like thousands of dollars every month basically and just to start competing and maybe see results after two three years that's just not worth it no. And what is your, what are your thoughts? Cause this happens, not happens to me, but I get, I get some emails about like buying backlinks, which obviously is not a good idea, right? Cause like, otherwise, how do you get backlinks? I think there are, there are quite some efforts. It always depends on how much effort you want to put into it. Um, I mean, getting those mails to buy backlinks are usually like quite Same. shady, especially because and imagine a backlink being also like a person if you have one person who's all the time talking about other people and referring 20 million people and probably it's not the best source right you want to talk to someone who has maybe their five key people and therefore if it's easy to get a backlink usually it's not worth it and the way you usually do it is yes you can buy them but then usually you do it over the direct way or you have someone who is taking like a commission for it but they are looking for specific pages and basically doing all the communication it should not be a page which is just having the pure existence for selling backlinks another way is for example which works quite good still is guest posting so you basically approach blogs in the industry or newspapers in the industry and you ask them if it's okay to write for them a blog article and basically you link there onto your page another one which works quite good is basically you check articles where they rank for example to your competition and i mean this is a little bit a sneaky one um, but you tell them like hey the information is out of date i updated it on my blog would you like to write a link to mine and that would also be a possibility. I mean, there are many creative ways, basically, how to try or like trying to get those links to your page. Yeah. 
But what it sounds like, and I want to make sure everybody understands this, is like SEO is not a magic wand. And it, and honestly, like nothing is a magic wand in marketing because it requires you to pull all the levers, right? Because even if you did SEO and it takes a year, if your website isn't great, if your content isn't great, it doesn't matter, right? Or if like website's not going to work and you layer on paid ads on top of it, but your site speed is down or, you know, your user experience on your website isn't optimal, well, it doesn't matter. Yep, yep, 100%. And I feel like, especially with SEO, even if your page is perfect and you have great backlinks, there's still the probability that Google still doesn't like you and you don't know why. Like, that's like this randomness factor with the algorithm. And it's, it's unfortunately a big pain because you cannot say like, hey, check those 10 boxes and you will rank for sure at position two for this search query. Like, I would love it to be a thing, but at the end, you're basically just increasing your probabilities to get good rankings. Yeah. Well, and doesn't Google also change their algorithm for search like 200 times a year? Yeah, I think it's even more often a year, but they have like every quarter, I think one core update more or less, um, where they have like really, really heavy changes. That means like uh, websites which focus on SEO can easily like get an increase or decrease of like 50%, which obviously impacts heavily the business. So that's also maybe a good link to try building everything honestly in some way because i mean the old days 10 15 years ago where i was definitely not working seo yet but you could do a lot of shady stuff like you could buy a ton of links from i don't know russia leading to your website that looked great for google and you ranked at number one and those things are not working that well anymore so i see also what's more important right now is basically that um you get that you can build up like a social profile so people know that you're trustworthy and that there's an actual face behind it like it's not one of those scammer websites it's actually yeah. like a website with a person and a brand behind i feel yeah. like that's getting more and more relevant especially like for articles for individual businesses and so on so how do you do that though i mean one thing which helps great is actually putting your face on the website Mm -hmm. I think that already has quite some impact, especially when you write, for example, blog articles to have like a small picture, like there are those offer boxes, depending on which kind of CMS you're using. And also connecting this with your social profile. So for example, linking this to your LinkedIn, to your Instagram, and those kind of things have actually quite some impact because you can see that it's an actual person, especially if your LinkedIn has a history and was not just created today, which does not mean that you cannot do it, but it should be an active profile. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. So Kevin, you've given us an F ton of really good information, but is there anything you feel like we haven't touched on today that like, say again, picture you have just started a business. Um, you know, you're just starting out on your website. Is there something you would want to tell that person about SEO? Probably to not get too crazy at the very beginning about it. Like there are no big fuck-ups you can basically do like even though you don't choose the perfect cms your page is not perfect your page speed might be not the best one at the beginning everything is basically fixable um don't get too focused like with this shiny object syndrome that you think like that's the only solution i needed and next month my business will run good because probably won't be the only point um but yeah that's about it yeah okay 
Well, thank you so much, Kevin, for your time. And I would love to have you back on because I'm sure this is going to spur a bunch of questions. Um, and I, you know what I think would be really cool too? Maybe somebody would want to do this is like if we would look at somebody's website and do an SEO like analysis kind of like live. Yeah, sure. Let's that would be that. really helpful. Yeah, let's do that. Good thank idea. you so much, Kevin, for giving me your Friday evening. I appreciate it. All right, friends, there was search engine optimization. I hope you came out of this episode learning a little bit about what SEO means so that you have some groundwork that you could either implement some SEO tactics yourself or you can reach out to someone to help you and understand what they're talking about when they give you consulting. Because I know another big thing is um, feeling like you can reach out to a freelancer or to another expert and they're not swindling you. You know what I'm saying? You're, that you're getting somebody who's going to do quality work for you. So I hope this lays the groundwork for that. If you would like to have your website analyzed for SEO, as we mentioned at the end of this episode, please get in touch. We'd love to do that live so that we can kind of show people what to look for in a real life episode or a real life episode or a real life example is what I mean. Anyway, it might be time to go. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode was helpful for you, please share it with somebody who it might help. Please like it. Please comment it. Please listen to it all the way. Do all the things. I appreciate your support and I will talk to you next week on Project.